0: This is becoming more common around the globe for both business and personal reasons. We live in a time of travel, and with that comes the need for our money to travel too. Luckily for all of us, sending money abroad is no longer the difficult, expensive thing it used to be, especially when you use TransferWise. Why should you use TransferWise? Well, one easy answer with three syllables, exchange rate. When you send money abroad with most providers, they usually don't give you the real exchange rate. They mark it up and keep the difference for themselves. But TransferWise is different. TransferWise uses clever new technology, so you always get the real rate when you convert currencies. It lets you send money quickly and seamlessly between over 70 currencies. And TransferWise even has a multi-currency account that lets you hold over 40 currencies and convert between them whenever you like. You pay only one small upfront fee and more of your money gets to the other side. That's why The Economist says TransferWise takes a machete to the hefty fees that other services charge. But you don't need to take their word for it. More than four million people are already saving. Sign up at transferwise.com slash yoga to test it out for free or download the app. That's transferwise.com slash yoga or download the app. Hi, and welcome to the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Did you guys hear what I just said? Oh my God, I'm going to say it one more time. Hi, and welcome to the Yoga Girl podcast. What? the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. We have had a little title change, you guys. Holy shit. (laughs) I've been wanting to do this for a while. So whenever anyone searches this show or talks about the show or kind of you meet me somewhere, you always go, oh my God, I love the Yoga Girl podcast. It's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you. And everyone just including me, refers to this show as the Yoga Girl podcast, even though the official title of the show has always been From the Heart. So we're changing the title just to fit with what everyone is already calling it. So from here on now, the official name of this podcast show is the Yoga Girl podcast with the subtitle of Conversations from the Heart. And if you notice, if you were kind of searching for this show today or it just popped up in your podcast app or Spotify or wherever you're listening, we have also had a little makeover when it comes to our art and the graphic design and just the, the entire podcast design and art. So if you haven't seen it yet, just go look at it right now because it's so, so, so beautiful. I feel like we've just had like a little, I don't know little facelift overall for this whole podcast I feel like we're very very serious about it right now I just wanted to take a moment to thank you so much for listening to this show if it wasn't for you I wouldn't be able to literally sit here in my house and talk about things that matter to me and that I get to call that my life that's just it's just a remarkable thing that I continue having a hard time wrapping my head around Right now I am sitting in what's become, it used to be our guest bedroom, it's now become our little homemade like DIY recording studio. We've had some help over the past week to actually literally create an epic sound booth type thing. I'm recording the audio version of my book um, right now, so... And then, so when we were doing that, the guy who's helping us with audio, they were saying, you know, it's best if you can fly into New York and shoot it at the stu- or record it at the studio here. And I went, um, no, <laughs> I don't like to leave my house unless I absolutely have to. And then they were like, okay, we'll just find a recording studio in Aruba. No such thing here. <laughs> so, so then we said, but you know, hey, like my life is I record this podcast every single week. I take the podcast equipment everywhere I go. I've literally recorded like in hotel rooms, on the road, and yoga studios, like anywhere, all over the place. And it's always really good. Don't you guys think that our audio, like listening to this normally, it's really good? I always thought so anyway. <laughs> I've heard a lot of kind of crappy podcasts in my life where, you know, there's an echo or the sound isn't good or the quality is low or whatever. And I feel like we've always been really good at the quality of this show. And then this guy or this production team whose entire life is recording audiobooks he was like um no (laughs) he's like uh it sounds good but for the level of what we need to record an actual audiobook like 30 hours of recording that's not going to cut it he's like no 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 you have to you have to improve this and then we've learned so much in the process of this so apparently I'm supposed to angle the mic in a very specific way all the time. He says, I've had the mic too close to my mouth. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. I, I've never noticed anything weird. And we've kind of upgraded just the room in terms of how, I don't know, there's a whole science obviously behind sound and how we absorb sound in different ways and how the sound waves bounce against stuff in the room. I don't know. I've learned a ton. Okay, actually, Dennis has learned a ton. <laughs> I'm learning too. But anyway... This is kind of the official day where we launched a new updated name for this show. We're launching the new art design of the podcast art of the show. And I feel like I have upgraded the audio equipment. So I think everything has just been upgraded this week. And I'm just, I don't know, really excited about everything. (laughs) I'm I'm so excited. Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath. (laughs) Do you want to take a deep breath with me? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So how about just wherever you are in this moment right now, place a hand to your chest. So a hand to the top of your heart and then your other hand just to the low belly somewhere right beneath the belly button. And let's take a few very specific breaths right here. So you can close your eyes if you like and Breathing through the nose, allow your next breath in to be pulled all the way toward the hand that you have resting on your belly. So feeling the space there beneath the palm of your hand, just filling with breath. And then noticing how eventually that inhale will rise all the way up toward the heart and the palm of the hand you have resting there. And then as you exhale, let's go ahead and exhale from the heart. So feel the palm of the hand at the heart just drop a little bit. And then bring the exhale all the way down to the bottom of the belly where the belly contracts, releasing all the breath out. Let's take a few breaths just like that. So you inhale into the low belly, feeling that space fill. Rise the breath up into your heart space. And as you exhale, exhale from your heart and then bring the exhale all the way down to the low belly, contracting the belly a little bit. So breathing in, filling the low belly and then filling the heart. Exhale, releasing from the heart all the way down to the belly. And take a couple of more breaths just like that on your own, at your own pace. You can imagine or envision filling up the lungs with air or filling up with breath the same way you would filling up and then emptying a cup of water. So we do that from the bottom to the top. Inhale from the low belly up into your heart. And then you exhale. It's like emptying the cup from the heart down into the low belly. So we inhale, filling the body from bottom to top. Exhale, emptying the body from top to bottom a couple more moments like that inhale to the low belly filling up all the way to the heart exhale emptying that cup from the heart drawing the exhale down to the low belly let's take three more breaths full inhale full exhale Full breath in. And breath out. And for the last breath in, let's fill up a little bit further. Big inhale. And at the top of your heart, at the top of the breath, take a moment there just to hold the breath in. and Notice that sensation for a moment. And then go ahead and open the mouth. Let everything go. Now you can let the breath return into a more natural space, but it's continuing to stay very present with the body, very present with the breath in this moment. Let's do a little check-in. Mm, how are you doing today? What's it like to be in this body? What's it like to be in this life? What's it like to breathe this breath? What sort of emotion do you have sitting right across the heart? And perhaps since your hands are placed there as well, can you sense anything specific right around the low belly? Just noticing the connection you have there to the body, to your heart, to your breath, to this moment. And whatever resonates, just as usual, give yourself a little bit of space just to open up and lean into that place. Hmm. let's take another full breath in exhale it out and if you like you can blink your eyes open hi (laughs) you are listening to the yoga girl podcast conversations from the heart What you put on your body is just as important as what you put in your body, if not more. Your skin is your largest organ. It protects you, and in return, we should take care of it. When I'm looking for skincare products, my go-to is natural, nourishing, and harm-free. That's why I'm so excited that today's podcast episode is sponsored by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based, result-driven skincare line. Osea puts your health and the health of our planet first. With potent skin and body care solutions that are pure, safe, and effective, Osea can help you reveal and illuminate your own natural radiance. Each product is infused with sustainably sourced organic Patagonian seaweed and active botanicals that create a nutrient and mineral-rich bioavailable base. This base allows products to easily absorb into the skin and effectively bring about balance while nourishing your skin. Founded and run by a family of women, every package is sustainably packaged, non-toxic, cruelty-free, vegan, and made with love in California. If you're in the LA area, stop by the Osea Venice skincare studio to try it for yourself. Have a personal skin consultation, enjoy a customized facial, and take advantage of their in-house expert estheticians to find the best products for you and your skin. Use Yoga Girl at the checkout for $10 off of your first purchase of $50. you know, really anywhere I am in life, it's not until the moment I get really present with my body and my breathing that I actually arrive wherever I'm at. Especially when we're transitioning from something in life, if we're in the midst of some sort of change or about to embark on a new adventure, begin a new chapter. It takes a little while, I think, for us to land fully present in that moment. So. The more we can drop into this practice of breath and body here now, the easier it's going to be for our hearts to catch up with everything else. So speaking from the heart, how am I doing right now? I am feeling fantastic. (laughs) I gotta say, I'm feeling really good. There's a lot going on. I'm very excited about this podcast, as you guys can tell. Uh, We also have the Yoga Girl Daily show releasing on Monday in just a couple of days from now. So this podcast, it's like an abbreviated version of of this show. This show will continue and stay just as usual. But we'll also have the daily, which is going to be five minutes a day, Monday through Friday, with a specific theme every single day. So just a really nice way to begin the day with something actionable. A part of why I wanted to do a daily show, you know, this format is it's, it's a long podcast. When I started this show two and a half years ago, the plan was 30 to 40 minutes Uh, It was what the production team was telling me. Like that's the normal time people commute to work. That's the amount of time people have to listen. Anything longer than that is really hard. And uh, of course, this show is like an hour long, (laughs) sometimes an hour 15. And somehow you guys stay super present for it all. I feel like there's always something that really ties us together each week. We all have different things we resonate with on the same level with that same vibration. So the, the idea of the daily show is to take some of that of some of those tools, some of those little bits of healing, bits of wisdom, make them really actionable in our day-to-day. So something to begin our day every single morning, a new way to anchor into an intention, maybe a change to make that day, maybe something focus on throughout the day, a mantra, an intention, an affirmation, perhaps it's making a change in your life just by those five minutes of deciding, okay, today I'm really going to focus on doing this or letting this go or practicing this specific practice, something we can take with us and really practice on and off the mat all day, every day. So I'm I'm really excited about that. It's it's a new it's a new format for me, for sure. And then something that I'm planning right now is, of course, I'm recording this audiobook, which is very, very, very emotional. Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys know I have a book on the way. Um, and forgive me if for the next three weeks I talk about this book a lot. <laughs> the book is out September 17th, and it's at the center of my world right now. That it, it's. I'm terrified. Okay, I got to say, I'm terrified <laughs> for the release of this book. It's so unbelievably personal. It's, yeah, I mean, it's five five years of of writing poured into this book. It's every heartache I've ever lived through, all the grief I've moved through, the adversity I've been through, the struggles, the pains, the challenge. I share some really, really intimate things about my relationship with Dennis and big, big struggles we've had in our lives, things about my family, about my past, specifically losses that I've had in my life and how I made my way through them if there is such a thing. And there are some specific parts of the book that are really, really dark and really, really, that were really hard to, to write. Of course, they were way harder to live through. But it's been this very personal process, right, of, of all my own writing this book every day. And then all of a sudden now in just a couple of weeks, it's going to be out. And I haven't digested the fact that you are going to be sitting somewhere in your own like living room or bedroom or on the subway or wherever. And you're going to read, you're going to read my whole, my whole heart. <laughs> and that terrifies me. It, it does in a, in a good way. It's not like a bad kind of fear. It's just like, I'm holding my breath a little bit like, Oh my God, First of all, I can't believe I wrote all of this down. I can't believe I'm sharing so much. Also, like, are you going to resonate with this? There's that little inner critical voice. We all have that voice. Sometimes it's louder. Sometimes it's more quiet. Some of us live from that voice, that inner critic that constantly kind of picks apart everything we do, tells us we should be doing better or different or, you know, that we're never ever good good enough at, at anything. And that voice for me gets particularly loud right before I'm about to embark on something big. So yeah, like the completion of a project or yeah, like finishing this book. You know, I had no doubts about the fact that it's it's, it's, it's a beautiful book. You know, literally it's my whole heart. But then now that it's about to be released and we're planning a book tour and things like that, then my inner critic is like, oh, uh, everybody's going to hate this book. Oh, uh, no one's going to like it. No one's going to resonate. It's going to be, you know... It's going to be terrible. You're going to get terrible reviews. Uh, it's like a mix. The inner critic will go from one: no one will read it, to people will read it, but they'll hate it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, can you can you make up your mind? If no one will read it, then it doesn't matter what people think, because no one will read it. Or people will read it, but then they'll they'll not like it. Like inner critic, decide like which route is it. But yeah, I'm I'm nervous about all of these things. So this is, um, I'm just now planning this this book tour we have coming up. It's going to be in September, uh, super soon. I hope I'll be able to announce dates and locations. It's a bunch of cities. For the release of the book, it's one week. So September 16th to 22nd, 23rd that week, we're going to be all over the U.S. And then throughout end of September and October, we're going to have some really cool events and uh, yeah, ways to connect and maybe come practice some yoga with me in different places and uh, and hopefully hug and cry and cuddle and all the things that I haven't done since the gratitude tour which was pre-pregnancy like 2016 it's been a really long time since I toured but it's exciting to plan all of these things yeah it's it's uh yeah it's all good things it's all good things what's been on my mind a lot is the creation of things that we want to manifest in our lives I'm sure you have that one thing or the many things that you're working on right now. And it's it's interesting. I almost I almost wish there was like a, a roadmap for this with specific names. Maybe I should create it just for myself. But whenever we are on the path of manifesting something, there's always different stages taking us to that dream, right? So we might have the inception of the dream, like that little seed planted of oh, one day at some point, maybe never, maybe sometime, it would be amazing to have that created right but it's still just this kind of loose fluffy thing in the back of my of, of our minds nothing else and then the more energy we put toward that or maybe it's not even us maybe it's the universe pushing us towards something have you ever had that happen where you have this idea but like oh no it's stupid or no that's never going to work but then all of a sudden you come across reasons as to why maybe it will work anyway or th- you know opportunities just present themselves out of the blue or like little signs from the universe kind of telling you, like, do that thing. You know, it's a good idea. Like you can actually pull it off. And I think those those signs are just so beautiful if you can catch them and actually act on that, right? Trusting that, okay, yeah, I can do it. Let's go. So once we start to kind of solidify that dream a little bit more, that it, it goes from being something in the back of our heads to something that's in the front of our minds. Like, hey, I have this dream, Right. That step is a really, really important one. And that's usually when we start to speak our dream out loud, Um, whether it's just family and friends or something we say casually over dinner. Oh, you know, one day I would love to let me think of something specific. Yeah, I, I would say oh, one day I would love to own a yoga studio like that was one of those dreams I had. It used to be just in the back of my mind as this thing that I never spoke about or told anyone or even Dennis just like, oh, just it would be nice to be in one place. It would be nice to gather the community, but I never said it. And then it became an actual dream. And I talked to Dennis about it. Like, imagine if we, if we didn't have to travel anymore, right? And like teach all over the world. We could just teach in one place and people come to us. <gasps> what? Imagine if we can create something beautiful for the Aruban community. And then I would start talking about it with other friends, with my family, maybe with people I met. And all of a sudden, and it happens this way, I think, if it's not us making this super conscious decision just to like, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to manifest that dream. Like, that's a very actionable thing to decide. Like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then it means we're going to have to sit down and figure everything out. Sometimes that happens on its own, just from the fact that you're talking about it. Just from the fact that you're thinking about it, that you're journaling about it, that you're, you know, you're, you're bringing energy toward it, right? Where attention goes, energy flows. You guys, we've all heard that saying, and that's literally literally how manifesting something great how creating that dream that's how it works the more we put our attention and awareness toward it the more energy is going to be funneled that way and everything on this earth everything in this life is energy so sometimes that happens just on its own we start talking about a dream a lot and then before we know it we've begun taking those first steps of actually manifesting it but There are all these different phases of that dream, right? And then the moment we decide like, okay, hey, it's a yes. I'm going to do that thing, whatever it is. Yeah, maybe you want to be, and it doesn't have to be something that's created like a thing or a project or a studio or a building or a business. Maybe it's like, hey, I want to be debt free, you know, or hey, I want to, I want to heal my relationship with my mom or hey, I want to, I want to have a baby or hey, I want to start a new relationship or I want to quit my job. You want to leave something behind. You want to do something right whatever it is whatever it is you're looking to manifest that moment where you decide like hey i'm gonna do that thing that's everything right because it's not until you've actually made the conscious decisions to to start moving toward that place that you can actually figure out actionable things to do right you are listening to the yoga girl podcast conversations from the heart Vitamins are my life lately. I even bought one of those big pill organizers so that I can use it all week long. You probably know you should be taking vitamins to help supplement your diet too. But with so many options, how do you know which nutrients you need and which ones you're probably getting enough of from your diet already? If you're looking for an overall multivitamin for those important nutrients you may be missing, I recommend Ritual. Rituals Essentials is the obsessively researched vitamin for women that contain the nutrients most of us don't get enough of from food. And the part I love the best, all the nutrients are in their cleanest, most absorbable forms. There are no shady additives or ingredients. In the morning with breakfast, just take two easy-to-swallow capsules and you're provided with the nine nutrients needed and support for a strong foundation for your health ritual is the vitamin reimagined. The company was started by a woman who couldn't find a multivitamin on the market that wasn't questionable. She began from the ground up to bring women everywhere D3 to omega-3 and fill the gaps in our diet in a healthy and transparent way. No wonder Vogue, the New York Times, CNN and Forbes have all taken notice. Ritual is traceable and transparent in more ways than one. The super cool oil in beadlet design is completely see-through. And for obsessive label readers like myself, all of Ritual's vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free and allergen-free ingredients and their sources are 100% out there for the whole world to see on their website. For your added convenience, Ritual is subscription-based. For $1 a day, Ritual is delivered right to your door, no strings attached. Keep on top of your health and start a new Ritual today. Try Ritual today because you'll get an exclusive offer for 10% off of your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash yoga girl to start your ritual today. That's 10% off of your first three months at ritual.com slash yoga girl. I love, I love getting a new idea for something, whatever it is. Okay, I can actually use. So I could use the studio as an example, but you know, you guys know we have island yoga. La la. la. You've heard that story before. Let me tell you as a real life example a really weird thing that I did. <laughs> Super weird. Some of you guys know that I did this. Some of you guys are gonna think that I'm that I'm very strange. So, <laughs> okay, I can't believe I'm gonna tell this story. A couple of years ago. Ringo was never neutered, neutered. He is now. But for a really long time, he wasn't. And, you know, we have an animal rescue organization, we have an animal shelter, we put a ton of work and money and time into animal, uh, animal rescue, animal rights, like helping stray animals in Aruba and all over the world. It's a big piece of of my of my service and, and what we do. So for the longest time, Ringo wasn't neutered, but we have these spay and neuter campaigns, and we urge every single person ever to neuter and spay their animals. It's, you know, of course, the number one most important thing to control an out of hands, out of control animal population, like you have to spay and neuter your dog. That's just what it is. Um, I know people listening in Sweden like think this is super weird. In Sweden, we have no stray animals of any kind. You will never see ever anywhere a dog in the street. Like that's just not a thing. People unfortunately also breed dogs and, you know, things like that, which which super sucks. But the idea to spay and neuter your animals, it's not as anchored in Sweden as it is in the States and anywhere everywhere else in the world. But so, yes, yeah, so I didn't have Ringo neutered. And the reason I didn't, and this is also very very hard. It was a very hard thing for me. I got Ringo in 2013. Okay. So if you're listening and you're like, this is your first (laughs) time ever connecting with me. Ringo is my Italian greyhound. He's six years old. He's a little Italian greyhound. He's our first baby, like actual, we still treat him like a baby, but I got him in 2013. So he was just a puppy when my best friend passed away in 2014. He was super tiny. He was three months when we got him. He was really small and he really already before andrea passed away before my best friend uh, died he was you know the center of mine and dennis's life absolute center like sleep with us you know travel everywhere with us we never ever ever went anywhere without him and uh, like i would literally spoon him to sleep every night like still still do kind of and then my my best friend passed away and i started building up this overwhelming immense absolutely crazy fear of first of all of of everybody dying right if you've ever lost someone or grieved someone that feeling of waiting for the other shoe to drop like we're waiting for the next death that became very 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 present and overwhelming in my life I was continuously constantly all day long thinking about in my mind worrying about panicking about people dying other people dying so every time Dennis left the house, I would envision him having a car crash and dying. Like every time um, someone came to visit and they and they were gonna fly, I envisioned the plane crashing. Like I just had these things playing in my mind over and over again. And the one that was the most intense for me, aside from Dennis, that was very intense, was Ringo. I kept envisioning him running away, losing him, getting hit by a car, being bit by a dog, just getting sick, all these things that just got really, really, really intense. And when the time came for us to neuter him, to chop his little balls off, I had kind of anchored into this fear that was so overwhelming and intense that he was going to die for some reason, that I convinced myself that if we put him under for the surgery to have him neutered, he's gonna, he's not going to make it. And it was this totally irrational thought, right? Because we literally spay and neuter I mean, we've spayed and neutered thousands, I'm not exaggerating, thousands of animals. We have never, not once, had an animal die in, in one of those surgeries. They're super uncomplicated, very, very simple, very basic. We have great vet vets on the island. We've never, not once, had anything bad happen with any animals. It's mega rare for anything to happen. And he's healthy, he's young, like there's no big deal. So, but I just, I I, I had this kind of crazy idea that he was going to die and I, I just, put it in my head that if he's going to die, I mean, he probably will die because I was waiting for this next death to happen. And I was convinced that it was going to be him. Um, it's going to happen in the surgery. So I decided, Dennis, we're not going to neuter him right now. We'll do it later. And I put later in the future somewhere. <laughs> I just, I'm like, I have to overcome this fear. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll neuter him. But so what happened is I got this massive backlash on social media at the time. People were freaking out. And I mean, this probably sounds really ridiculous now. <laughs> but at the time, it was it was this overwhelming, huge thing where every single time I shared any a single photo, video, snapshot of Ringo doing anything, I would get comment after comment after comment from people saying, you are so irresponsible. I cannot believe your dog is not neutered. Like we would get like hate mail from people super upset, especially people in the animal rescue community who thought like, you're setting this terrible example. You're a hypocrite. You're super hypocritical that you have this animal rescue organization, but then your own dog isn't neutered, you know? And it was just, it was this overwhelming intense thing. I don't know why people gave a fuck so intensely, but it was. And even Dennis would get comments about this. It was just a thing. So I had to kind of dodge this question like, yes, uh, we're going to do it. Yes, soon. But then, you know, time passed. He got older. I didn't do it. And then Pepper, our, our other dog, died out of the blue freakishly got sick we didn't know he was sick and then he just died and of course this fear I had of something happening to Ringo went from like I don't know pretty high level to like skyrocketing absolutely insane and I just said then it's not happening like no way ever Ringo will never see a vet in that in that capacity he's never going to have surgery He's just going to be on a leash for his entire life. (laughs) We will never, ever let him lose. You know, there can be no risk of him getting another dog pregnant or anything. You know, we just have to keep him on a leash forever, but he will not have that surgery. Like, I just freaked out about it. And then the moment I made that decision, like, we're not going to neuter Ringo, I relaxed a lot because I just, this fear I had. Yeah, I just relaxed. I made a decision, but it meant I had to kind of dodge these questions in a different way. And I had a hard time explaining to people like, hey, you know, I know I have an animal rescue organization. I know the responsible thing is to neuter your dog. It was very hard for me to be a spokesperson globally to tell people, neuter your animal, spay your animal. But then I wasn't living by my own example, right? It it was hypocritical. It totally was. But I really had no option because that fear was, it was killing me, right? So I made that decision. I relaxed a lot about it and then I started getting a little more uh, I guess firm with setting boundaries with social media with how people were talking to me and just kind of yeah I didn't want to take any shit from people anymore so this little idea started forming in the back of my head it started off very sarcastically like I guess like cynically me deciding (laughs) to use Ringo's balls (laughs) okay this is Very weird. I know this is very weird. To use Ringo's balls in some shape or form (laughs) to promote a spay and neutering campaign. Like, this was just an idea that formed in my head. I'm like, people are so obsessed with Ringo's testicles, the fact that he has testicles. We should do something with them. Like, there was just this weird idea that I had in the back of my head, okay? And then I would, like, laugh and make jokes with Dennis and go, hey, you know, what we should do, we should do, we should get a mold, and we should mold, like, get a <laughs> get a mold made of Ringo's balls, and then we use that mold, and we make jewelry with it. <laughs> Okay, this is like speaking this out loud. It, I know it's absurd. <laughs> I know it's absurd, but it's just, it just—it was really funny. I said at the time with all these people being really upset, about, I'm like, people are so obsessed with his testicles. Let's use them. Let's use the momentum of Ringo's balls to create something awesome. So. I had this idea in the back of my head. I started talking about it as a joke. It was something I would do like over wine with friends. I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to start a jewelry line with like little Ringo balls you can have hanging off of your wrist or like little Ringo testicles. You can have them hanging around your neck or like a little ring. And I'm like, we can do a whole jewelry line and we'll have all the proceeds donated to a spay and neuter campaign. Like that's super funny. Like who wouldn't (laughs) want to buy that? That's so, so, so. So funny I mean obviously I still think I still think it's funny so I started talking about that a lot and then one day I was like hey Dennis that thing about Ringo's balls I'm gonna do it and he was like okay yeah you go ahead And the more I got into this funny, like, ridiculous joke, it was just a joke in the beginning, the more relaxed I started feeling about Ringo getting neutered. Like, it was really weird how this happened. I just, instead of it being this scary thing, like him having to have surgery, it became this funny thing that I was using to kind of like, I don't know, not to throw in people's faces, but like, here, you care so much about my dog's testicles, why don't you buy some? (laughs) That... Eventually, I was like feeling okay with him having the surgery. So some time passed. I kept making these jokes. I was like, "Dennis, let's do it. I feel fine about it now. We should have him neutered." And then we made that decision, like, "Okay." And I mean, a lot of time passed, and I kind of overcame my fear and all that stuff through this conversation. So what I did is, we we knew a girl. I can't remember how we knew her, but she was a jewelry maker, and uh, I just kind of threw this idea her way like hey we're gonna this is the thing going on with Ringo we want to get him fixed but before we do that I want to get a mold done by of his of his area and then I want to know what's the possibility to use that mold and then create some kind of jewelry to sell to the world and then have the proceeds go to a spay neuter campaign like isn't this super funny she was dying laughing like this is amazing I'm gonna send you the molding like it's like molding clay or molding some sort of molding thing this is what I use to make molds for like regular jewelry things just use it see what see what see what happens so um, I have an official photo i'm gonna dig it up and post it this week of us doing getting a mold of my italian greyhounds testicles (laughs) you are listening to the yoga girl podcast conversations from the heart maybe you guys already know this but i really 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 love my dog ringo he is the cutest italian greyhound So of course, he's constantly featured on my social media. I just did something a little crazy, but kind of amazing. I just did the Embark DNA test for Ringo. You heard that right. Ringo took the Embark dog DNA breed and health kit. Embark allows dog owners everywhere to learn about their pup's breed, ancestry, health traits, and even their family tree. The test can detect over 250 breeds and screen for more than 170 genetic health conditions. Whether your dog is purebred or mixed or a rescue, they're not immune to certain diseases and health issues. But with the results from Embark, you can know the best way to care for them health-wise. It can even help create a training plan. Rango might not be able to speak, but this test can do all the talking for him. Even though I made Dennis do this work, the test is a simple mouth swab for your pup. I can't wait to get my results and share them with you. But until then, try it for yourself and your furry friend. It's the best dog DNA test you'll ever find, rated number one by customers and developed by veterinarians and top animal scientists in partnership with Cornell University. It's not only helpful, it's super fun and exciting too. And I'm sure Ringo would tell you exactly the same. Right now for our listeners, Embark has an exclusive summer offer you cannot get anywhere else. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use the promo code YOGAGIRL to save 15% off of your dog DNA test kit. Discover your dog more than fur deep. Visit EmbarkVet.com and use promo code YOGAGIRL to save. And then I sent that back to the jewelry maker. She made jewelry. Jewelry. Like this actually happened. She made jewelry. And while this happened, like they came back looking really nice. Like you don't know, obviously, it just looks like two like little spheres, right? You don't know that they're testicles. That's what was really funny. They actually looked exactly like coffee beans. And then you could scale them, right? So they wouldn't be like scaled to size. We would like make little ones. And then we had one on a little (laughs) one on a little chain that you had around your wrist one was a little cute little ring. There was little earrings. And then I I came up with a name. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> Sugar Lumps. <laughs> Wait, I don't even know how I got to this place of telling this story right now. Sugar Lumps, Sugar Lumps Jewelry. I registered the website uh, the, the website, uh, what was it? I think it was like, I, I couldn't get sugarlumps.com because it was taken. Um, I think it's sugarlumps.org, which I felt was fine because it, we were going to donate all the money anyway. And like, I went through all these steps. I contacted a graphic designer, pitched that idea, got really amazing art back for the, for the logo <laughs> of this jewelry line. Like I went through all the steps of this insane idea that I had right? That just came out of the frustration of people commenting weird stuff to me on social media. And then I went through, I decided I'm going to do this thing. It's very weird, but I'm going to do it. And I went through all the steps and I had this jewelry made. Okay, this is real. This is like what actually happened. So, in the at the end of the day, we didn't go through with it on like a to distribute and and sell. Um, actually, I can't remember what exactly happened because I I got really far. I've had. I mean, if I would tell you guys all the the initiatives, projects, business ideas that I've had that just didn't become anything that were just a part of creating something else or things that I failed or. I could fill a whole whole book with that because I do this weird kind of stuff all the time. But like going through the steps of making that weird thing happen, it wasn't even hard. Okay, like it really, really, really wasn't. And I feel like I can use Ringo's balls as a really good example for whatever it is you're looking to create. You can think of, oh, the weird testicle idea that Yoga Girl had. and made happen in the matter of like no time. You can totally do it. Anything regardless of how weird or funny or ridiculous or wild or unachievable. Once you decide, I'm going to do that thing, all you have to do is come up with the first actionable step. Like that's it. For me, it was literally taking a mold of Ringo's balls. And then it was sending that, like finding the jewelry maker, sending that back, having the jewelry samples made, like getting the logo done, getting the website, like it was all totally doable, right? So if anyone listening right now would like to take this idea and run with it, I'm like, I feel very motivated now just by telling this story to to start this back up again. Yeah, I think, I think it would kill. I mean, come on. Sugar lumps, jewelry, who would not like that? This is a funny, it's like a gag gift. Like you give it, like you know, I had this idea. Like you could have a doorstop, like a like a really heavy, solid one, or like one of those things you hang on, like a wine bottle. I mean, you know, we can, I can take this really far. So yeah, you can email me Rachel at yogagirl.com, if you want to run with this idea. I am all in, ready to go. Um, I think at the end of the day, honestly, what happened is I got pregnant. I think that's what happened. I got pregnant, and then uh, no, it was pre pregnancy. We had I, I I I'm guessing I had more important things to focus on in my life than the testicle jewelry I was into I'm guessing that's what happened (laughs) so probably was a good idea to not follow through with this at the time but yeah so getting into the different phases of creating whatever it is you're looking to create deciding and I'm wondering about that step that space between okay this is an idea that's in the back of my head to okay it's now in the front of my mind I'm talking about it to actually deciding I'm gonna go do this thing you have to get there before anything else can happen. And I feel like there's a gap there where a lot of people are just kind of floating. Um, I get that question a lot. Like, how do you manifest a dream? Or how do you make a ha- make, make this thing that you want happen? Or how do you start a new business? And that's this is the thing. You have to, first of all, decide, I am going to focus on this. I'm going to pursue this. And I think the reason why a lot of people don't even get to that first step of making the decision to go for it is because we fear. We're going to fail, right? We have, this, we have this inner critical voice in the back of our heads all the time telling us all the reasons as to why this is a bad idea. Why? Yeah, no one's going to listen to that podcast. No one's going to read that book. Everyone's going to hate it if you do it. Like all those things, right? The reasons as to why we cannot or why we're not good enough. And if that voice is really loud, then making the decision to go for it can feel like this insurmountable, super crazy, scary thing to do. In the case of Ringo's sugar lumps, I didn't really have that voice because it was a joke, right? It wasn't like my whole life was riding on this thing. I didn't have to quit my job to go pursue that weird little jewelry line. I didn't have an inner critical voice telling me anything weird at all because I didn't have anything riding on it, right? So that's a totally different example versus the yoga studio for instance that decision mainly you know we had to put every single dollar we'd ever earned into this idea right and then we had to take a loan super scary super scary of course like taking a risk of any kind sometimes it involves um, you know we have to quit our jobs we have to go to the bank we have to look for an investor we have to do something that puts us on the line right we have to put ourselves out there in a way where we risk failing at something or maybe we risk losing something or we risk making the wrong decision right whatever that means and i and i kind of to me it's always so interesting the idea of the wrong decision i don't believe in wrong decisions when it comes to when it comes to taking a risk to make something beautiful happen. Even if we fail, right? I mean, I could probably look back at the my little sugar lumps adventure and say like, oh, I kind of failed at that because I didn't follow through, right? I put a lot of energy and work and time into something, but at the end of it, it helped me heal something really important, right? It helped me overcome this really intense fear that was actually paralyzing my life. So I think I I did succeed with something really important there. But when it comes to, for instance, the studio, looking at it now is this studio the most lucrative abundant thing business wise? No. You guys, starting a brick and mortar version of anything is crazy, super 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 hard. There's a lot of other things I could have done with this, you know, same money or half the money, half the time that probably would have been more successful financially. But was my goal to make millions of dollars off of this studio? No. My goal was to create community. That, that was literally my goal. I had two goals to create community and for me to slow down and be home, right? Well, missions accomplished, you know, so at the end of the day, if I can pay off this loan, if we can break even and we can pay all, our, all of our employees and then continue having the plus of this community creation and me being in one place, like that's a super success. So if I had the idea in my head, like, oh, I have to make millions of dollars off of Island Yoga for this to be a success, then I would sit here right now and tell you guys I failed. Like running a yoga studio is the hardest thing ever, 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 ever. We talk about this in, in all of our teacher trainings. There's always at least 20 people in each training who have a dream to open a studio. I tell them, don't do that. <laughs> I tell them, think twice before you do it. And the most important thing, start or create the community first and then worry about finding a place to put them, right? Don't open a studio first and then look for people to come. Like first build community and when you have that going for you, then yes, you know, start putting the other pieces of the dream together to make that happen. But even in the cases of actually fully failing, I can give you an example of, of, of actual failure, like real life mega failure that I've had in my life. We had a, I'm not going to get into details, but, um, we had a, an amazing business, business idea, something that we started with two of our really close friends many, many years ago. And, uh, put a lot of money into it, put a lot of energy focus. I mean, tons of time. It was an amazing, beautiful idea. And then ended up having a major dispute with our business partners who, was, who were also some of our best friends. Major dispute, like, um, you know, unforgivable, crazy, absurd, mind-blowing things happen. And we ended up having to take them to court to reclaim the business. We almost lost everything. And everything personally that I had created over years, like everything that was just just mine and Dennis's, you know, we almost lost everything because we trusted people that, it, that at the end of the day, we shouldn't have trusted. Also, you know, we went into business with friends, which is always, always a terrible idea. But that mistake, you know, if, if you can call it that, it's still costing us money today. We're still paying off legal bills that we, you know, lawyers, we had to hire at the beginning of 2016 that's three years ago three and a half years ago we are still paying off those legal fees right we've had immense financial losses because of this terrible partnership that we had because we were betrayed and deceived by yeah by someone we thought we could trust so if i look at that you know it was of course it cost us unbelievable stress i mean it's it's the only time in my life I've ever worried about Dennis's mental health was during this time. It was the most stressful thing we've ever been through. So looking at that, yeah, major failure. Holy shit. Major failure. Major fuck up. Nothing went the way we wanted it to go. We lost the money. We lost the time. We lost the friendship, of course, which we now know wasn't even real to begin with. But looking at everything, you know, objectively now, yeah, fully failed. Do I regret doing it? No. No. It's, that's a weird thing for me to say. It's a weird place for me to be in right now because for a long time, I carried so much resentment and frustration and regret over ever having, you know, gone that road, down that road in the first place because of the amount of, of loss that we had. But now when I have more space between the event and and now, like I have more... Uh, yeah, there's more time, there's more space around what happened. I'm not fully in the trenches of the pain now, right? I've put that behind me, even though we're still paying things off, you know, we're still suffering in a financial way. I can look really objectively at everything that happened at that time and see super clearly the unbelievable lessons that I learned by going through that. Lessons that I never in a million years I mean you know I, I probably would have needed 30 years of, of of experience as an entrepreneur to get that kind of to get that kind of wisdom and yeah I had to learn it a really 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 hard and really really shitty way but it's affected everything I've done business-wise after that every decision I've made as an entrepreneur has somehow been affected by having gone through that really shitty situation and I've made really good decisions since <laughs> You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast, conversations from the heart. It's just about back to school time. Luna has been home from daycare with Dennis and I all summer. It's been full of pool days, beach trips, adventures to the zoo, but now I'm thinking of school lunches and quick breakfasts. One breakfast that's always perfect to make and so easy to put in the lunchbox is muffins. Vegan gluten-free banana nut muffins to be exact. Those are her favorites. Let me give you the super simple recipe. So it's just water, two bananas, walnuts, Bob's Red Mill gluten-free vegan egg replacer, and Bob's Red Mill muffin mix. As usual, Bob's Red Mill is the Star in all of my home baking, especially the egg replacement. I can't go without it. Then, as Lealuna and I can't get enough of these muffins, especially when they're covered in nut butter. It's so delicious. We eat them for breakfast, but I usually sneak one in her lunchbox as a midday snack as well. Honestly, Bob's Red Mill has the best baking products around, not only for those of us who are vegan and gluten-free, but for families everywhere to enjoy. If you're anything like me, you'll stock up on Bob's Red Mill gluten-free paleo and vegan products from oats to flours and meals for a happy family, a happy heart, and just happiness overall. Head over to bobsredmill.com slash yogagirls to check out their awesome products and enter for a chance to win some fun Bob's Red Mill goodies. One winner will be selected by random selection each month. I can, I can really, really tell you really amazing decisions since we are in the best place we've ever been business-wise. Uh, we have the most amazing team we've ever had business-wise. We have the most exciting year ahead business-wise. We're in such a good place and in a, such a safe place, and such an authentic, heart-centered place. I think if I would have gone down that road with that person, the business I wanted to create wouldn't have had the heart and soul that I need everything I do to have because I was doing it with the wrong person, right? I was doing it with someone who was into it for the money, but I didn't know. So probably my whole life would be very, very different. I wouldn't feel emotionally connected, anchored. I wouldn't be living my actual heart's purpose if that business had succeeded because it was wrong from the beginning, right? It was. It didn't have the right intentions. It wasn't pure. It wasn't what I thought it, it was. And I learned that and it fucking sucked. But was it a mistake? No, (laughs) really, really like a mistake in a sense of like that should never had happened. No, it happened because I had to learn that lesson and I'm really glad I did now. And I'm wiser now and I'm more mature now. And now I know, right? And I actually have had really similar opportunities come my way after that. And it's been so clear now, like that voice inside of me that knows yes from no, that can intuitively trust what's right and what's wrong. It's so strong. It's stronger than it ever would have been without having that experience. So now I've fine-tuned that intuition, that ability to just feel into what's the right decision to make, the right people to work with, the right road to go. So no, in that sense, even that, that really, really hard thing we had to go through wasn't a mistake. So when it comes to actually pursuing our dreams, that voice in the back of our heads that tells us, you know, we can't, or we're not good enough, or what if we fail? Yeah, what if we fail? Failing, you know, isn't it the definition of success is failing a hundred times, you know, succeeding just means we fail in all these different ways before we make our way to the right path. The real and only failure, I think, is being frozen and paralyzed with fear and not acting at all, right? Letting that dream remain in the back of your head or remain in the front of your mind, but never actually get out into the world, even as an idea or as a dream that you want to pursue, like that would be failing, To not take the first step. To not go, hey, I'm going to take that risk and I'm going to try, right? Not trying, yeah, that would be failing. So if you haven't gone to that place with your dream yet that you feel confident enough to say, I'm going to go for it. I really, really, really hope that this can inspire you to, you know, right now, take a moment to get really serious with what kind of life do you really want? Do you want to live the way you're living right now and never go further than that, right? Do you want to like imagine yourself at the end of your life looking back? Do you want this to remain this thought or idea you had in your head? Or do you want this to be one of those stories of, fuck, I went for it, right? Knowing that wherever you end up at the end of that, you went for it. You might have this, you might have tremendous success. Hey, hell, like, you know, what if I fail? Yeah, what if you fly? It might actually, actually work out. It might actually be everything you've ever wanted it to be. You know, it might be really hard too. It might be really hard and really amazing at the same time. And maybe it won't be exactly what you wanted it to be when you started out, but it will put you on the path of getting to where you need to go, right? And sometimes when we follow one dream, another dream, another dream forms alongside of that. And then we end up somewhere else, but it's even better than that. I love the, the quote of, you know, the, the universe doesn't, whenever we feel rejected, we're actually being redirected. And I can see that with the experience that I had with our ex-business partners. I thought we were rejected. I thought, I thought all of life was telling us, you know, no, you're failing. You can't do this. You suck. Everything is terrible. You can't trust anyone. You can't make decisions. You can't trust your intuitions. Everything is terrible. No, I was being redirected towards something so much better. So, so, so much better. So getting to that place of saying, fuck it, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that trip. I'm going to quit my job that I hate. I'm going to go for this relationship, even though it's scary. Like I'm going to try for that business plan. I want to become debt free. I'm going to go for that project. Like whatever that is, if it gets you excited enough that you feel your heart beating in your chest, that just the thought of going ahead, you know, gives you those little butterflies at the pit of your stomach, man, what are you waiting for? The time is now. Really, the time is now, maybe not now to manifest the full completion of that dream, but the time to start, man, now, 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 now. The time has always been now. So go do that thing or at least make the decision to say, hey, I'm going to do that thing. And then, of course, once you've made that decision, that's the next phase of this little timeline of dream making is finding the actionable steps that you can actually take right now. Right. And for every dream, regardless of how insane it is, regardless of how big, how vast, how crazy, how wild, there is an actionable thing you can do to put yourself one inch closer right now. So maybe that is, yeah, you know, getting that graphic designer to look for something. Maybe it's starting that website. Maybe it's looking into your own network of people that you have right now for resources and people to ask for advice or tips along the way, right? Maybe it's going to a Facebook group or a forum of some sort and just throwing the question out there like, hey, I want to do this thing. Does anyone have any idea of how I can do it? Maybe it's Googling, right? (laughs) Literally, maybe it's legitimizing that business. Maybe before you can, you know, the first step toward that dream is taking care of something that's really messy in your life right now. Maybe before you put everything into this new business idea that you have, you have to become debt-free first, right? Okay, so then how can you accelerate that process? How can you get really serious about your finances so you can get to a place to bring you, yourself closer to what you dream of creating, right? If you have a hurdle in the way, then take care of that hurdle first. That's an actionable thing. That's a part of this path. So it can't be, oh, well, in the future, when I'm, when I'm rich or when I'm debt-free or when I'm wiser, or when I'm educated, when la la la, then I'll work toward that dream. No, those things, those steps toward that now, that's a part of that dream, and the more of these steps you can actually write down, get really clear with. Um, I'll do that with anything I'm looking to create. Okay, you know, like, like what's the step here? I got to take a mold of Ringo's balls. Okay, <laughs> find the jewelry maker, send the mold over, like that's step one, two, three, receive the samples, like go back and forth, find the website, find the logo, find a distributor, find, you know, set the pricing, open up a web shop. I had all of these plans, all of these actions that I could actually do right? For my ridiculous little sugar lumps idea that I know some of you guys, like, I feel like it's, it's going to be a solid business idea now. I'm, I have to start it back up. I mean, come on. But yeah, you can put all of those things into action and then you decide, right? How urgent is this dream? Once I have this long list of actionable things that I can do, am I going to do one of those things a month? Am I going to do one of those things a week? Am I going to do five of those things a day? right? How fast do you need this to happen? Um, For me, when it came to opening the studio, every single day, I was ticking something off of that list. And then eventually I'd get to a place where hmm, I've run out of actionable things to do. And then I got to look around and say, okay, I'm stuck now, right? I feel stuck. I don't know the next step to take. Maybe it requires a different kind of action then. Yeah. Or maybe for me, usually it required less doing and more leaning back taking a breath, slowing down, getting clear with my priorities, meditating on on why I'm here so I could find the source of whatever that obstacle was and then get back into a place of flow, right? It's not always going to be smooth or a straight line, but the most important thing is that you start. I would love it. Oh man, I would fucking love it if right after this podcast, you opened your journal, your notebook, and you sat down and you wrote your dream out really clearly. Just, I mean, for now, it's just you and your journal getting really clear with, okay, I dream of, or my big dream in life is, or something I want to manifest is, and then just keep writing and see what really, really, really comes. And once you have that idea, super defined, make the decision to go for it. And once you have, seriously, it's, it's, It's actually a step-by-step thing and you don't have to know all the steps from A to Z, how to get there. You just have to start and trust me, once we start, once we go down the path of action, things are going to flow and all of a sudden you'll find yourself halfway there or before you know it, you're living that dream. You're already doing that thing, seeing all of the things you once dreamed of or that you once thought were absolutely impossible or crazy or wild. You'll be living that life, right? I feel inspired. I don't know if you guys do. I feel very inspired to go dig up my little graphic design and uh, <laughs> the jewelry that I had made of, of Ringo's balls so I can show you guys <laughs> on Instagram story. I would love to hear about your dreams. Oh, DM me, comment on social media, write me. I really, really want to hear about it. I hope I'll see you In person, if you're in the U.S., if you're in Europe, I'm going to be in Europe January, February, March for the release of the book over there then. But U.S., I'm coming your way this fall. So really hope I get to have this conversation with you in person. Really hope I get to hug and squeeze you super soon. Man, (laughs) let's get it. Love you guys. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen to and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Transpervice, Osea, Ritual, Embark, and Bob's Red Mill. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.